I think for so many of us, it took us all the way to adulthood to understand how we would act or what we did value or what was important. And one of the manners in um, one of the teen books is celebrate others. And you said, you know, you understand who you are. And I think when a teen or even a younger child says, you know, I'm someone who celebrates others. What a cool way to live your life. It's a value of yours. You're not the person who's always jealous, mad, trying to be part of something that's not for you. You celebrate others and and what a more well-connected, enjoyable, successful life that is. Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. Can being well-mannered actually make your life easier? Author Brooke Romney says yes. Brooke is a writer, speaker, and leader of an online community that helps parents of teens and tweens create meaningful, healthy, and connected relationships by teaching them the social skills they need to navigate the complexities of today's world. She is author of the books 52 Modern Manners for Today's Tweens, Volumes 1 and 2, and now she's released a follow-up book, 52 Modern Manners for Kids, that we'll be discussing today. Her philosophy is simple. Good social skills and practicing good manners lead to a more well-connected and successful life. This is a great episode for any parent because we also take time towards the end to talk about a few of her favorite tips for teens. Teaching good manners is obviously applicable to any child at any age. So if you're a parent, stay tuned for this conversation. But before we get there, I want to quickly tell you about my resource of the week. I want to share this cleaner that I've been using. I've actually used it on and off for the past couple of years. It's called Red's Gone Green. And the one that I always drift to is the Clove Cinnamon Vanilla. It smells like fall and it leaves my house smelling amazing. If you go through the reviews on her website, that's a consistent praise of this brand. So I actually had Casey back on my show, gosh, when I was doing the Real Minimalist Mom series. So this was years ago, probably before COVID. So I'll link that episode in the show notes, but I have continued to use this and I'm always just thinking of resources to share with you. And this is one of those things. So again, this specific one that I use is the Clove Cinnamon Vanilla, but I always appreciate a pure cleaner at a reasonable price point. So let me know if you check it out. All right, let's get into this conversation with Brooke. Well, Brooke, I'm so excited to talk to you again today. And I say again because we've actually already spoken before, but we had a slight snafu with that recording. So you're back again. We're going to get this interview recorded. You're going to share your book. And I can't wait for listeners to hear more about it. But before we get there, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and then we'll jump in. Yes. So um, my name is Brooke Romney and my account is Brooke Romney Writes. And it is a connection community for parents of kids of all ages where we love to help each other learn and work through problems and share advice about what we know and ask questions about what we don't. And it's been such a blessing in my life. And um, my book is actually, this is my third in a series. It's 52 Modern Manners. And the first two were for teens, volume one and two. And then this third one is 52 Modern Manners for Kids. Yes. And I can't wait to dive into that book. But I did want to ask you, I asked you this last time, um, what do you consider yourself to be an expert in and how do you think it aligns with what I'm doing here with the Minimalist Moms podcast? I love that question. And I am an expert in helping parents create connection with their kids. And we do this in ways that are especially simple. And one of the things I know about 
parents and kids today is that time is of the essence, but we also want to be really intentional. And so these books help parents to be intentional. They don't have to do all the research or do all the thinking, but these books help them connect with their kids in a really meaningful way that makes their life at home more simple and also their kids' lives out and about more successful. I love how your book is in a little spiral bound kind of like flip. How, what would you, how would you describe it? Yeah, uh, like a flip chart almost. Yeah, flip chart. So I really like it because I think it would fit really well on the kitchen counter or a mantle where you can just have one priority that you're thinking of each week that you can practice with your kids and get talking about it, have family discussions. You could even bring it out at the dinner table. And I think I like it that way uh, specifically for what you're doing because it kind of takes the pressure off and it's just something we can ruminate on all week. Yeah, I was really specific about how this book looked and how it could be used because I think as parents, we read all these parenting books, we get all these great ideas, and then it comes time to implement them and we can't even remember what we read or how to do it. And our kids don't have the patience for us to go look it up and, you know, do all the dialogue. And so these are really visually appealing so they can stay out. They're really neutral. Um, but then as we decide to use them, they bring up the ideas easily for us. And I love that they are a third-party expert in our home. So I don't know if anyone has kids like mine, but they don't love hearing me correct them all the time about the things they're doing wrong. And these books kind of take away the disconnection of that and create connection over helping our kids get ahead of the curve. We can talk about things they might see. And instead of doing it when our kids, like, let's say we see them not say thank you for getting a ride in the car. Instead of saying, hey, why didn't you say thank you? That's not very polite. We go back and we say, remember that manner about being a good passenger? These are the things that we all know how to do. And just remember that next time you're in the car. Or maybe they don't even make the mistake because as a family, you've already gone over that manner. One of my main desires for having you on the show is that you say your philosophy is simple, which again aligns with what I'm trying to do here. And you say that good social skills and practicing good manners lead to a more well-connected and successful life. So if we're connecting parental intention to that well-connected successful life, it's important to know some of these things that may have otherwise slipped our minds. Like, Maybe someone can relate to having a friend say, oh, when the kids were over, they were messing around and they played hide and seek in my bedroom. And it's something that we wouldn't necessarily think to tell our child, but it's a good rule and a good reminder to have. So I know that's something that's in your book, but what are a couple of others that you would say are some of your favorites you want to share? So another one is that I love is be a problem solver. So I think young kids often feel like they have to get an adult involved or, you know, they say things like, I spilled my water. And we can remind them, you're a problem solver. You know how to fix that problem all on your own. Another one, anybody who has young kids or has young kids over understands this one, but waiting for food to be offered. So we don't go to our friend's house and ask for snacks every 10 minutes. We wait for them to offer food. Of course, it's always fine to ask for a drink of water. And then one of the things I love about this book is it helps kids be proactive. If you're someone who's always hungry at your friend's house, you know, bring a water bottle. Make sure you have a snack before you go. These are some habits that our kids can get in so that they feel like they go and present their best self. Just other manners like being aware, so lending a hand. If someone in front of you drops their crayons, you know, Offer to help pick them up. If you see a teacher is struggling to open the door because she's got her hands full, jump over and open the door. And it was the same intention with my teen book, but 
These ideas and kids being able to do these things help them feel successful, helps them feel confident. They don't have to be the straight-A student. They don't have to be the star of the basketball team in order to feel good about themselves. By doing these things, they're developing character and finding a lot of confidence in who they are on the inside, and that leads to happier kids on the outside. All right, so we just had to pause the recording and start again because my son had just come in and he had wanted a snack, but on his way out, and I, I'm kind of embarrassed to share this, but I will, he called me a dumb butt. So that's what I'm dealing with right now. I'm dealing with all the potty words right now, butt, poop, stinky smell. He just thinks all of that is so hilarious. I try not to draw attention to it, but also in having good manners, it's not like he can go call a librarian that. So it's something I'm trying to navigate, but do you have any insight? Well, and we actually have a manner in the book that says, use potty words in the bathroom. And so it helps them know that like, that's a great place to use potty words. And we talk about how sometimes using potty words makes people laugh, especially our friends. But then we also talk about how it makes other people feel uncomfortable, or they might think you're gross because you're using those words. And so it gives them an opportunity to use them in the bathroom, laugh about them. And then one The challenge that we give them is find other words that you think are funny that you can use with your friends when you're, you know, with people in public. And um, that's one of the things I love so much about the book is young kids learn by doing. And so on the back of each manner, we have a little section that says, let's practice. So it gives them situations where they can take the manners they know and work on using them so that they're prepared when they get to those situations. I want to go back one more time to this idea of manners being connected to a successful life. I agree with that, but why do you think that? So as I watched teenagers in my house, I watched how there were two types of teens. Some who just get it, right? They understand social norms, whether they've been brought up with good manners or it's just like they have a high emotional and social IQ. Um, I watched them get into this positive feedback loop. People like that are likable. People like them. Teachers trust them. Bosses give them opportunities. Um, Adults enjoy having them around. And I watched them as they were in these positive feedback loops. Their confidence would go up. They liked themselves better. They felt more comfortable in different situations. They were willing to try things because they weren't putting all their worth on, am I great at it? Am I the best at it? They just liked who they were. And then I watched other teenagers who didn't understand those things in a rather negative feedback loop. So instead of walking in and saying, I know how to handle this situation, they walked in anxious. They weren't sure how to do things. They weren't sure if people would like them. And they kind of put out that vibe. They weren't people who felt comfortable with themselves. So they didn't want to step in and help. They didn't want to lend a hand. You know, They didn't want to be a part of those things. They couldn't introduce themselves because they felt uncomfortable. So they had less friends. They had less connections. And as I watched those those two types of teenagers in my life um, that I was observing, I thought, everyone deserves to have this as an opportunity. These skills aren't difficult. You don't have to know calculus. You don't have to know the ins and outs of all the social networking in order to be successful about this. And I thought, I want teens to have the opportunity, no matter who they are, no matter what their background is, no matter what their parents have taught them, to have the opportunity to feel successful in their own lives. And as I watched this work so well for teenagers, and my audience kept saying, I want to start earlier. 
I want to be able to do this way earlier. I want my five-year-old to understand what's appropriate when they're at recess. I want my eight-year-old to build, to feel confident enough to say, hey, you know, I don't feel comfortable with that. Or I saw this online and I need to talk to my mom about it, but I don't know how to do it. I wanted them to have those skills early so they had even a greater chance at entering those positive fe- feedback loops and feeling confident in their own lives. Absolutely. And I think to build on that, we also have to inform our children that even if they're practicing these good manners, it doesn't mean that they're always going to be received well. I mean, they can have the best of intentions and the best manners, and they may not get the reaction that they want because on the flip side, someone else might have bad manners. But I do think that keeping our manners as a priority will lead to a simpler life. And it's something something that I always talk about is how living an intentional life kind of means that you've already gone through and you've done the work in your head to say, this is how I behave. This is a value of mine. This is how I know how to behave. So you don't have to think about it. When you're met with a situation, you already know how to handle it, at least for the most part, because you've already checked that box and you can easily move through it. So to me, again, I I think that good manners are just something that we can use to simplify and to more simply move through life knowing. I love that you said that because I think for so many of us, it took us all the way to adulthood to understand how we would act or what we did value or what was important. And one of the manners in um, one of the teen books is celebrate others. And you said, you know, you understand who you are. And I think when a teen or even a younger child says, you know, I'm someone who celebrates others. What a cool way to live your life. It's a value of yours. You're not the person who's always jealous, mad, trying to be part of something that's not for you. You celebrate others, and and what a more well-connected, enjoyable, successful life that is. And I love the way you bring that up is because you've already chosen to be that person. That's already who you are. So when your friend gets the part in the play, you don't have to ruminate and think, oh, I'm so mad, or how am I going to react to this? This is embarrassing. You say, cool. That's awesome. I'm going to go bring her flowers when she performs and be excited and attend the performance because that's already who you are. And I love that you brought that up. I think one of my biggest goals as a mom is that I want to obviously enjoy my children, um, but there are seasons that they go through where they're harder to like. And I think that sometimes manners play a role. So again, just another emphasis on why this is so important. And I appreciate books like yours that are helpful to have around, just little reminders that even just sitting out on our mantle, we can utilize. Yeah, I think parents sometimes don't want to spend their whole life parenting just correcting their kids. But if we don't, you know, kind of get in front of some things, then later they end up not being people that we enjoy as much. And then there's extra problems. And so one of the reasons why these books were so important to me is I just really wanted these teaching moments to feel positive, to feel like we were connecting and and what I was teaching them was something that was positive instead of constant negativity in our house. And I think as we have kids who know these things and they become more natural, especially if you start so early on with this first book, then I think we will create kids who are enjoyable to us and enjoyable to others. And when they're kids like that, I think they're also happier kids on the inside. Um, Lisa Damore, who is an expert in teenagers, she talks about how we don't do our kids any favors by allowing behaviors that aren't acceptable in their adult world to be acceptable consistently in our home. Obviously, sometimes there's days that we just have to let things go. But but she says that we're not being 
successful parents if we're not helping our kids understand how they can function well in a real world. And I think these books do a really good job of giving us those step-by-steps and helping us remember, especially in a world that has become a lot less connected, where our kids are observing us a lot less, whether we're just not with them as much because many of us are working or whether you know they're looking at a tablet or whether we're just doing so many things online that they aren't observing as many interactions as we used to when we were growing up. I'm sitting here wondering why some of the things that you're saying, I don't necessarily think to tell my children, but I feel like my mom had taught me all of those things. And I'm wondering where the disconnect is. Maybe it's that I'm not as engaged, but I also think that with distractions and living in a more fast paced culture, maybe we do have to slow down and remember some of these little simple rules. Like I need to get better at this. Well, and I think that was one of the reasons why I wrote this because I thought, you know, I wrote the book. And I wrote it because of deficiencies I saw in my own parenting and in what my kids were aware of. So this wasn't something I came at being Emily Post that knows all the manners. This was literally something I was observing in my kids saying, how do they not know this? How did they not observe this? And I think you're right. There's distractions on both the parent and the child end. Um, I was thinking about when I was a kid – I was with my parents a lot. And not only that, but I was watching them interact a lot. We went to the bank. We didn't bank online. We went to the grocery store. We didn't order anything online. We went to the, you know, we went to the clothing store. We had a lot of experiences watching interpersonal reaction interactions that our kids don't get as much because they're not part of this world. And not to mention COVID that took us out of many social interactions for a very long time. And it also hurt adult manners and what seemed normal because what was online was a little bit of more of the Wild West and people weren't as considerate. Um, And so I think these are good books to just remind adults not only of what they need to teach their kids, but also of what they need to model. I know that every time I flip to a new page, I'm reminded that I could be a little bit better at the manner that I'm teaching my kids to. We have talked about your observation of teenagers, your personal experience, and the need for this type of book to be on the market. But what actually prompted you to write this book? And I'm curious, how did you come up with this many manners in all three of your books? What happened was, as I started observing, I started sharing things online with people. Just, you know, hey, something that I've noticed with teenagers that maybe we want to bring up. And people were so grateful for just a really concise way to just make sure their teens knew it. You know, like when we talked about being a good passenger, you know, not getting in the car and going right to your phone, saying hello to the person who's giving you a ride, shutting the door and saying thank you when you leave, those types of things. So I started sharing just really simple manners and people were eating them up because they kind of said like you did, I kind of thought my kids knew that, but maybe they don't. And I'm seeing in a lot of other kids, so maybe no one knows these things. Maybe it's not clear. Um, And so then they asked for more. And so I would start sharing one a week. And I like to say, if you decide that you're going to buy a Honda Civic, all of a sudden, all the cars you see are Honda Civics. And everyone you know is driving a Honda Civic. It's kind of what you're looking for you start seeing. And so 
I started coming up. The first book of manners um, is a little bit more basic. The second one for teens is more about how to live a successful life. I was noticing some gaps in the way teens were thinking about things, the way they were approaching things, and um, how they were interacting interpersonally with friends that I wanted to kind of, you know, one of the manners is read the room. And I was noticing how teenagers were saying things like, when their friend didn't make the basketball team, they decided that was a good time to have a conversation about how fun the basketball year was going to be. And it was like, hey, this kid didn't make it. Let's read the room here, you know. And then with the kids, I had parents asking for the book. I want to start earlier, but I didn't want to just repeat the manners in an, in a more simple way. Um, and so I asked my audience and I said, what things do you see kids are really struggling with? What things are driving you crazy about your own kids or about kids you have in your home or kids you're babysitting? And I was flooded with probably 700 responses of things that kids needed help with. And as I sifted through those and went back to the times when I was struggling having well-behaved children of my own that were younger, um, we came up with some really great and important ideas for younger kids. I feel like I can't let you go without having you share just a couple of manners from your teenage books. And just a couple that stuck out to me were nothing online is private, really important. Uh, don't leave one person out, respect people's homes. But what are a few standouts uh, that you want to share with the listeners? Yeah, well, let's start with the ones that you loved. Um, the idea of not leaving one person out. I think kids sometimes just don't understand the effects of their actions until they're the one person that's get, that gets left out. And so this is kind of a tricky space, and that's why I really love the Manners books, is it helps parents have conversations around things that might be a little harder to address. So you say your, your daughter, let's say, says, I want to have a birthday party, and I want to invite these eight friends, and you know there, there's a ninth friend. And, and so you talk about how we don't leave one person out that's really hurtful. Um, but then there's also times when it's okay to just invite two people to come to come along to a movie if your car only fits four people, you know. So it helps us talk about those nuances and and how important it is to be inclusive anytime we can. Um, nothing online is private. For me in the teen book is one of the most important matters that we have there. I think just a reminder that anything you post online, even if it says it disappears, even if your friend, friend promises, he won't share it with anyone else. Everything can be screenshot. Everything can be shared. So helping our kids understand if you're going to post it or send it, make sure that you're okay if your teacher sees it, if your friend's parents see it, you know, if your future boss sees it. Nothing online really goes away. And I think we could save a ton of heartache for our teens if they understood just that one manner from that book. Um, I think being a good passenger is really important, especially in those ages where you're getting a lot of rides. Um, there's a few in my new book that are really fun for kids um, talking about you. what's the difference between telling and tattling, helping our kids know that it's important to share information that might be when somebody's being hurt or property's being damaged or if it's something that you can't take care of yourself. But then also there's a time when it's tattling. If we're just trying to make ourselves look good or trying to get somebody else in trouble, those are things that are really important. Yes, absolutely. Well, Brooke, do you have encouragement you want to leave with listeners before we wrap this conversation up? 
Yeah, I just want to encourage parents that it's never too late. It's never, you know, some might be listening and they have older kids and some might be listening and they think, oh, my child is so has so many issues and I don't even know where to start. It's never too late to become the parent that you want to be. And I think you do that so well with your podcast is helping parents realize that they can be intentional and that just small gains, 1% improvement, you know, the chance for you to connect over dinner Maybe you're not having great dinners with your family, but you bring this book out and you have really interesting discussions every couple of weeks or however you choose to do it. But it's never too late to become the parent that you want to be or for you to live the life that you want to be, a more simplified, intentional life. And I think as we just take that first step in getting started, we see the small improvements and the small gains and are motivated to do more. You don't have to change everything today, but just one small thing can make a huge difference. Absolutely. Well, where can they grab a copy of your book or connect with you online? Well, right now you can pre-order it on Amazon and it should start shipping at the beginning of October. And online, I love to have you at Brooke Romney Writes. Perfect. Well, I don't know if we did this last time you were here, but what's been a beneficial resource in your life that you want to share with the listeners? So in my area, we have a freezer meal delivery program. And they have really good meals that I can stick in my crock pot. And they do 10 meals a month. And those have saved me on busy days. So I know they're in Utah, Idaho, and Arizona and Vegas. But if you're outside of that, look for something that can just kind of simplify dinner. It's healthy, it's nourishing. And it's been great to be able to get something on the table without all that extra thought. Great. Well, my last question is, what is something you can't stop talking about? Oh, something I can't stop talking about right now is probably Lisa Demore's book, The Emotional Lives of of Teenagers. If you have a preteen or a teenager, I would highly suggest you grab that book, give it a read. It's super quick or a listen. Um, She has a lot of great resources and mindsets that are well-researched and documented for parents of teens. Great. Well, I'm so glad that we were able to connect again. I'm so sorry that that happened with our recording last time, but I think that this recording was even better. So I'm excited for listeners to hear it. Thanks, Diane. It was so fun to be with you. What did you think of the episode? I hope you enjoyed the conversation. To learn more about today's guest, including links, resources related to everything discussed today, visit the episode page at minimalistmomspodcast.com, where you can find the entire podcast archive, as well as my book, Minimalist Moms Living and Parenting with Simplicity, or other ways to connect or work with me online. If you'd like to support the podcast, the easiest and most impactful thing you can do is subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and leave a rating or review of your favorite episode. Lastly, sharing the show or your favorite episode with friends on social media is very helpful and will encourage others on their journey to think more and do with less.